Hello. Today's conversation is with the band Old 40. Their music exists at the intersection of psychedelic rock, southern rock, and jam rock. They have an awesome sound, and they have a new album coming out on March 4th, 2021, called To Spite It All. So everybody should go and check that out when it comes out. They also have a short EP available right now on Spotify called Moonshine, and they have a number of videos of their live performances online. So everybody should go and give all those a listen. In our conversation, we talk about what it's like to be a band in COVID. We talk about composing their new album. We talk about each of their own compositional and improvisational practices and their relationship to humor as a band generally. But before we get to that, please remember to like, leave a comment, and subscribe. And if you would like to consider supporting my content generally, please visit my Patreon page. Welcome to Music in Mind. Music in Mind. This is Old 40. They are a rock band based out of Denver, Colorado. And uh, we have all four of them with us here today. We have Jackson off screen. We have Steven, Zach, and uh, Nate also off screen at the drums. But if you're listening to the stream, you don't care about that. Uh, How's it going, guys? Dandy. It's good, man. How are you doing? (laughs) Pretty pretty good. yeah, so I, I was How's looking. How's the weather I, out there? Uh, it's it's nice. <laughs> it's always nice in California. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, so the band originally started in California, right? You're Is that correct. what it said? We're originally okay. from. Uh, yeah, Zach and I are from Truckee, California. Okay, yeah, by Lake Tahoe. Nice, cool. Mm-hmm. And we came out and met Nate and Stephen, and became what we are today. Yeah. A blossoming barrel of love and music. And music. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Barrels are known for their blossoming properties. <laughs> cool. So it looks like on your website, you guys have shows and stuff, which is amazing from the perspective of somebody living in Southern California, because there are no shows here. Yeah. We're, I mean, even out in Denver, we, uh, they're starting to like lift. Um, nice certain restrictions yeah but yeah we're we're about to uh, do like a little mini tour in uh end of april early may cool is that is that to go along with your your new album release that's coming out oh yeah oh yeah nice yep. happy so, coincidence we're also just trying to tour yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. everyone will accept us nice uh well, so, so is it is it a full album coming out mm-hmm Mm-hmm. On Spotify, it looks like you guys have a full album and then uh, a short album that you put out. So the full album is uh, from when Zach and I were playing in Truckee. Okay. And that was with our old uh, drummer and bassist, whom we love dearly. But we had to leave them because they went to school to yeah. better themselves. Yeah, get a career. <laughs> get a career. Nice. So uh, we're thinking of... Uh, I think we're going to take that one down, unfortunately. Yeah. But mm. uh, we're just a different band out here, I think. So, um, you know, if we have the same name, there's not really much of an option other than to take it down and keep the other album on SoundCloud or something. Or yeah, yeah. somewhere. I know. Yeah. Hear it still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's still part of our roots. So, yeah, we'll keep that. Cool. But uh, but the, but the new album coming out is a full it's a full album. Worth of songs, right? Yeah, eleven total. Cool. Ten with one hidden oh, yeah. track. Oh, yeah. Ten one asterisk. Actually, one's hidden. Yeah. Oh. It's a secret. How, how do you do a hidden track on Spotify? Just like yeah. way at the end. 
<laughs> it just says parentheses, hidden track. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not much people know, like, you shouldn't know about this, but we're letting you in on it. Yeah, right. You're part of the cool kids now. Baby I doll. feel like streaming kind of destroyed the the possibility for hidden tracks. I know. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Something I've always wanted to do, but, you know, it's a little too late now. We, we tossed around the idea of just putting it out as a single, uh, separate from the album. And right. then we were like, we, we can't. It's just not going to work because if someone just listens to the single, it doesn't show them the rest of the album. So yeah, mm. this is a big problem with the Beatles catalog because they have tons of songs that are just singles that aren't on any albums, like some of their uh-huh. biggest hits. Even it it yeah. makes their catalog kind of confusing. And then the different releases in the UK and the US, like the albums are different. Yep. Yeah. It's, yeah. And th- there's a million compilations for them too. Yeah. So it's like mm. yeah, yeah, for real. You, you have to like go to the actual album to to hear the actual album stuff or else you're going to wind up in like the best of the Beatles or whatever. Right. right. Uh, yeah. 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 But that's, that's cool. So is it, is it sort of a pandemic album where you're writing it over the course of the last year? Yeah, that's where the name came from. Despite it all. Yeah. It's Cause we oh, okay. were just, what are we doing? We're using uncle Sam's money. Yeah. We're using uncle Sam's money to record an album. Nice. All unemployed. Yeah. 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 Well, I was employed. But we were all laid off, uh, like, originally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, damn. Yeah. Yeah, for the first two months, um, pretty much with the quarantine, none of us had jobs. And then I went back to work in early June. And it was basically, like, three people's amount of work at a restaurant, but in bar, going up up and down, staircase, like, five miles a day, I think, is what I clocked on average. Damn. And then it'd come home, and whenever I was available, we practiced. Yeah, because like we set the date to record, so basically, whenever I wasn't working, we were pretty much in the studio. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah how do you like feel about the deadline the the, imposing a deadline as a system for getting work done? Oh, for uh, for us as a band, yeah, that's our, that's our first band deadline. Most <laughs> 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 yeah. counts shows and stuff, but yeah, as far as creation project, yeah, yeah, it's the first time we like really had a deadline, yeah, because that, that EP that we have up on Spotify was real loose. We that was, was, that was impromptu. We won yeah, some Battle of yeah. the Bands at uh, down at Herman's Hideaway, mm. and um, yeah, like so we got like free studio time basically, and Sweet. decided, hey, when we'll we be able to do this, just went in like I think a week and a half later or something, yeah, the moonshine EP. There's not <laughs> yeah. even a click track that we played, yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. Went, went in and did like three or four takes at the most on anything, just threw it out. Whoa. I mean, it's it. It sounds really good for that. That's impressive. Oh, thank, you. thank you. Yeah, I think our our new one's going to sound a lot better. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a yeah, lot better. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I put a solid two months. And once I got laid off again after Thanksgiving, I was like, well, you know, I think I've got enough of a time now, so I'll, I'll mix and master this thing. And yeah, yeah, yeah. laid off so, again. Damn. Yeah, yeah. It's bad luck. I mean, not so much. Like <laughs> I still have an appointment with leftovers, so you know, I'm, I'm riding out right now. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're all working now. I'm the only one not working. Oh, <laughs> the tides have turned. Yeah. So, so what? What do you all do for for money? Well, I'm a mover. Okay. Um, cool. Yeah, I heavy things all all day, uh-huh. and then uh, Zach. I work for a ski company out here in Colorado. Oh, fun. Yeah. And then I'm a I'm a bartender server at a restaurant out here. Uh huh. Yeah, it's the day job, and then at the end of the day, we're all just dog tired, which right. you know Stephen understands. Yeah. So like, yeah. <laughs> we all get it, but it's a lot of like. Last night was a very tired practice. Yes. Oh my goodness! Very late. We all worked yesterday, except for Stephen. Yeah, I was fine. <laughs> Stephen was fine. Stephen's ready to go. <laughs> yeah, and then and then it's like, like I leave the, the house. studio after work. Yeah, yeah like ten thirty. Damn. Yeah. Uh, 
I feel like being a bartender is hard though, because the best hours are also the best hours for playing. Right. That's mm-hmm. that's the one big thing, especially because their jobs, your jobs are over by like at least six p.m. or so. Yeah, no. And yeah. I'm I'm getting out of work at like ten p.m. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. But we make it work. We make it work because we <laughs> love it. And we love each other, right, guys? Yeah. Yeah. Steven? Steven? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> That's cool though. I mean the, the dedication to it is pretty it's pretty inspiring. The you, you do your you do your grueling job or whatever, and then you gruel through practicing to to make it happen. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the only way you make it, you know, like because yeah. if, if you're like, yeah, it was a hard day at work, now I'm gonna go home and you know, let's all cancel practice. You, you'll never get anywhere. If you yeah. Don't. Yeah. So what, what do you see as like passed it? out in the recording studio? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. What What do you see as making it? What does that mean? In my mind, it's just being able to live off of music and right. tour around yeah. and play shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, not necessarily being Rick Ross or anything like that. <laughs> Why Rick Ross? <laughs> I don't know. You just like pulled he's, him out of the ether. He's, he's, he's <laughs> Rick, of look, if you listen to Rick Ross, you know that guy's got it made. He's we, got made bars. We actually jewelry, only do Rick Ross oh, covers. I have seen the music videos. <laughs> yeah. And that's his life every day. So in my mind, I guess making it would be Rick Ross. I would like to be Rick Ross. I would no. like to, but if I don't make it there, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, you could start yeah, a cover gotta, band I'm as gotta, your day job. Yeah, we're a Rick yeah. Ross acoustic cover band. Hell yeah. See? <laughs> every day I wake uh, up and I look at my vision board next to my bed and there's just a picture of Rick Ross. It's either Rick Ross or, or different versions of Wonderwall. You know, the reggae version, South African, Afro pop. Full Wonderwall album. Nobody asked for. <laughs> yeah. Everybody needed. Uh, but seriously, success for me is that's uh, all about the. I, I want like a following of people and like a community that we play for. Yeah. I've always wanted to play a show and see like a hundred or so people yeah. who I've seen many times before and uh, just have like a, I don't know, a community before, right. you know, before, during, and after shows. I think yeah. that'd be awesome. And yeah. getting paid to do it. Yep. It'd be amazing. Yeah. Have you ever uh, thought about using something like a, a, a cover band? I don't know if this is a big um, a big thing out in Denver, but uh, I know a few bands uh, around the the LA area that sort of make their money by doing cover band gigs at like yacht clubs and stuff like that. Uh, sort of well, as Steve a day a job, it's like that. in place yeah. of a day job. Right. Yeah, that's like back when I was living in Virginia, a lot of bands did that. So I had nice. an idea of like we should do a bunch of '90s songs, and I really like, like Van Ween. Yeah, well, yeah, no, <laughs> the, the, the good '90s, like all like because they think it's '90s. They're like, oh, let's play some Third Eye Blonde and some Matchbox Twenty. It's like, no, nah, there's like Matchbox plenty of good 20, stuff. Like, holy shit! So I was like, hey, <laughs> what about? I was like, I like Ween, I like the Butthole Service. What about the Butthole Wieners? <laughs> you know, and, <laughs> Yo, what is the good man? '90s music? Yeah, it's like oh, it's Rick Ross. <laughs> <laughs> if he came out in '99, he's technically '90s music. Nice. True. Uh, I don't know. Uh, good '90s music, I would think, would be like <laughs> Radiohead. For me, it's radio, I think Radiohead. Is the best. <laughs> how much time do we? How much time do we got to talk about this? Like you know, DBA, because I can just list. <laughs> <laughs> That's what podcasts are good for—just long lists. 
Well, <laughs> Ween first and foremost. If you, if you got some '90s music, Ween's, Ween's your go-to. Mm-hmm. Like Dinosaur Junior, Meat Puppets, yeah. Bubble Surfers. You got uh, Alanis Morissette. <laughs> you got uh, Nirvana. Um, oh. Vanilla Ice. Oh, the deep cuts. The deep cuts. Bahamut. Bahamut. Just that '90s. We let the dogs out. Like, yeah, I'm pretty. I downloaded it on Napster, so I'm pretty right, sure. It's me nice. too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm pretty. Sure. That's just, uh, was it Bear Share Kazaa or Napster? That's a, that's a good indicator of what year it was. Of when your band yeah. was out. Yeah. Yeah, I think I stopped doing it with Kazaa. I think I did it with Napster, and Kazaa seemed too um, like uh, virusy to me. Yeah, and you don't want to give your computer cancer. Yeah, what, what else was the remember right. LimeWire? I remember yeah, LimeWire. Lime yeah. yeah, and that one was like the real virusy one. That was the yeah. first one you could get videos on, if I remember correctly. I think there was a knockoff LimeWire too. It's like FrostWire. Yeah, something yeah. even dirtier. BearShare is good. They use VPNs, stuff like that. Uh, so, so in terms of the, the the composition for the new album, what um, do you guys have a process? Do you have a main writer? Do you write together? It's something I'm always interested in with with rock bands in particular because the the way that I compose music is very solitary and sort of like notes on paper in my room kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. But um, the the collaborative nature of writing in rock bands and then also credit is very interesting to me. Yeah, well, Zach pretty much drives it all on his own and just yells at us until we play what he wants. Yeah, I'm a musical killer. Normally, like we had some songs, like I'll write uh lyrics to come up with like a little chord progression or whatever but it's like pretty basic when it's coming out for me i do mostly the lyrics i would think uh-huh. and then um i'll bring it to the guys and from there we'll just start fleshing it out and thinking oh this could sound cool what if you did this riff and really kind of just all of us working together uh, to try and figure out what sounds best and then once we have like a rough outline it's just mm-hmm. polishing that more and more and figuring out specifics like Right, when do we put in the solo and everything like that? Right. I don't know. It really is a very much a group effort, I would say. It's not just one guy being musical Hitler, so to speak, <laughs> and making sure that everybody is doing it my way and you're going to play this bass line yeah. this time and all that. It's really, it's much more organic. Than uh-huh. yeah, there's, there's one song Jackson's like, I'm only telling you how to play the bass on one song, is this bass line right here. And I even still added a little like thing in there, just kind of make a little little mind, you know. Yeah. But that's the only time I've they've ever told me exactly like this is kind of like what we want. Well, your bass lines feel very fluid and almost improvisatory. Thank you. Um, I get bored easily, so I guess I, I like to spice things up. You know, it's a variety. It's the spice of life. That's why we like Stephen. <laughs> He's spicy. <laughs> He's a spicy boy. Because he has little witty quips like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's so smart. It just gets my motor revving, you know? <laughs> so we right. value here. Mm-hmm. So, so in terms of writing, do you, do you tie yourself to any particular um, sort of tradition? Like, I hear a lot of... Uh, I hear rock, I hear jam bands, I even hear sort of like Fish, Grateful Dead influence, especially in in, in your groove-based playing, a lot of the, the the guitar chordal work. But then I also hear like Allman Brothers and stuff like that in there. Yeah. Yeah, I really, uh, like my, my biggest influences are probably the Dead and... Um, what is it? Alban Brothers. Marshall Tucker Band. Marshall Tucker Band, for mm. sure. Like, kind of a country kind of sound. I really like that a lot. But Steven's biggest influences are all 
uh, jam bands, I would say. What? Ween, Ween's a big one. Like, very... Ween's not a jam band. <laughs> well, whatever. Funny <laughs> <laughs> because no, no. I'm like, yo, I like, I, I like everything. I like jazz, yeah. pop, funk. Like most, mm. I got started with funk. Like, mm. you know, and like old school, like funk and like obscure 70s funk bands that no one's ever heard of. Uh, I'm all over the board, though. Um, yeah. I Luckily, when I was in college, I was living with a couple of guitar majors and like they always like did like jazz and stuff. So I kind of like peered over their shoulders a little bit and got that side of it. But you were know, you a music classics, major you know, also things like that? No, no, I was not. Um, two of my friends and roommates were. And then another one of my roommate, I was a philosophy major. And oh, another cool. one of my roommates was a philosophy major as well, but grew up with these guitar majors. So it was like we kind of had like a good blend between all of us. You know, I I was like literally like I play the dots or I don't play the dots on the on the fret. You know, I, I wouldn't have yeah. no knowledge whatsoever, but be able to keep up with them, and they kind of gave me the knowledge after that. But you know, I, know, I do like jam bands though, but not as much as Zach portrayed. bedroom. So many jam band oh posters, bunch of fish posters, oh, spread neck. Uh, <laughs> oh man! But yeah, so Stevens, Jazzy, Nate's drums, your, your biggest influence, I would say, are like. Nine Inch Nails, yeah, and the Beatles, Whoa, cool, and uh, James Taylor. I love James yeah, Nate likes really good oh, pop yeah. music. Uh -huh. Like back when pop music was good music, I feel like that's your your, your mo. Yeah, that's I a good way to put so, it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like Nine Inch Nails is industrial, but it's the poppiest industrial yeah. rock. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. No, so, oh, sorry. No, you're good. Uh, the 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 drums, I feel like, got a little heavier once I joined because of those sort of influences hmm. they're a yeah. little more laid back before yeah your drums are definitely heavier than the ones we've that we had in california we were a little more like chill uh jammy and then nate just started hitting the drum so hard i couldn't hear in the studio space and i was like that's awesome and we <laughs> <Yeah>. just <laughs> that's that's really yeah. drives it yeah yeah, yeah when, when you have to turn up come to you guys too yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah so all of them together just really i don't know again it's like a the group meshing and coming together with all these different sounds and influences and stuff. like more unique sounds. yeah mm -hmm. yeah for sure i mean i th i think that's the that's the the strength of a lot of rock bands is the kind of uh sort of diverse group of musicians who come together that's a lot it's a lot more interesting in that space than maybe a lot of like classical ensembles or even jazz bands today where I feel like mm -hmm. people are coming from uh, very similar backgrounds. But what's also interesting to me in the rock world is how people learn how to play the music. Because in, in the classical world, there's sort of hundreds of years of tradition of teacher, student, and then conservatories and academies and stuff like that. And so you're learning a very set uh, tradition of music. And then jazz, I would say for the last 20 years, has been that. And before that, it was less. But I feel like the rock world is still like friends in high school learning how to play instruments together. And there yeah, isn't yeah. there isn't any particular structure. It's kind of like an anarchic system of um, there isn't a structure to how it has to be or how it's made. But at the same time, you guys are still writing songs with like verses and choruses and solos and stuff. It's not completely right. mm -hmm. off the wall. True. Yeah. It's like a blend of like, how can you express yourself and how can you make it, you know, um, palatable? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of people go like to one, like one side of the, you know, polarize one or the other. Sometimes people are like, I just want to make palatable music, but you know, just like, I don't do like whatever sticks. And some people are like, I just want to be whatever I want to be and do whatever I want. And people like it great, you know, but 
it's about finding that balance between the two. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I want people to want to listen to our stuff. Yeah. But I also want to be creative. With it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. But that's a, that's an interesting tension. It's part of why I was asking you about what what success means to you, because there's sort of the like you're saying the one end of success could just be I want to express myself in the way that I like the most, whether people like that or not. Like the whole I don't care if you listen movement, and then the yeah. I care if you listen follow-up movement or something like mm-hmm. that. So if I can make a sustainable living by expressing myself and making people happy, that's pretty, that's success, you know? Oh, yeah. And this, yeah. this is a very good avenue. Plus you get paid to travel in the party. So <laughs> <laughs> I like traveling. So I don't want to pay for it anymore. With that point too, it's like, I would like to contribute to music history in some mm-hmm. way. I'd, I'd like to, I'd like to influence how people perceive music at least just a little bit for a moment yeah oh yeah for me mainly if if i go on youtube one day and i see somebody teaching a tutorial with like a million views on a jackson rolf solo i know that i am i've made it at that point (laughs) yeah like if if somebody is tapping my solos and my guitar on ultimate guitar and i can just look that up yeah and you know look it up and go oh no that's not how i play that or shit mine was mine was like like just like anything like a reddit comment post like yeah this bass player of this one band's awesome you know like just like someone recognizing me out of the band that's all uh, i need yeah, like yeah. as a bass player i'm hanging up my bass after this <laughs> i got recognition like what like, they know my name <laughs> would you prefer if they tabbed it right or wrong like if it had errors in it that you could you could have in your mind like oh that's, <laughs> not how I that's a good question actually yeah because if they tab it wrong then i'm still better than them right right <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's not the goal. he's like I'm, I'm happy but i'm also like very upset in the delivery of why i'm happy in the first place now too it's like, <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yeah. but you're like someone you're like really hungry like starving someone hands you food is like yeah but i don't like turkey <laughs> and i'll take it i guess you imagine that, that dude's like shooting a youtube video and there's like a knock on his door and he goes oh uh, pauses it goes <laughs> over and it's jack hey, i'm here to correct i saw your youtube video <laughs> 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 that'll be my thing i'll just go to youtubers houses <laughs> while they're youtubing yeah, wrong 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 Sorry, pick up their guitars are playing it yeah. <laughs> to do it like gordon ramsay just super aggressive and belittling <laughs> what are you an idiot <laughs> that's not how i play that solo uh-uh so in your uh, in your solos is are they all written? Do you are do you kind of carefully craft them? Or how much improvisation is is included in your practice? I, for for both I'd say on the album for all like, of you actually. Mm-hmm. On the sorry, album, what were you me, saying, Jackson? Like half and half. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was answering a question. Um, <laughs> just about the. <laughs> yeah. For me, it's about half and half, scripted and uh, unscripted. Like some of the songs on the album, I. I wanted to feel in the moment and I definitely had a like a general outline that I would practice at practice. Mm -hmm. And then when I was in the studio, I just kind of got in the moment. And so I never felt lost when I was improving in the studio, but I still like tried to capture what I wanted emotionally and, um, you know, technique wise. And then I had a couple of other solos that I definitely wrote. I'd sat down at my computer and, just played it over and over and over again until I got every little note, every little like texture to each note. And mm-hmm. uh, I'd say they're like maybe three or four of those solos that are on the album. And I don't think they sound scripted, but maybe they are. Right. Huh. Either way. Yeah. 
But scripted can be good. Yeah, I, like I mean, they're a mix of both. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There are, there are yeah. great solos that are very carefully crafted and it's sort of telling a story over the course of the solo. Yeah, exactly. And that, that takes a long time of like trying so many different variations. I mm-hmm. think, you know, I just put things on a loop and I keep playing it until each part means something. Uh-huh. Cause if, you know, if there's like a couple of notes that I'm hitting that, you know, I'm like, why is that note there? Then I, I feel like I have to change that. Um, yeah. Like if, if it feels like it's just filler for like, yeah, for a beat, you're just like trying to get to the next part of the solo. Exactly. Like, then why do I need that note? That. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, what about you guys? Um, Mine are mostly improvised. Like I'll fool around, like I practice and stuff, and I'll find a riff that I like. I'm like, oh yeah, that sounds really good. Mm-hmm. And I just tie that in. But like when we were in the studio, I definitely practiced any of the songs. I don't really solo on a lot of them. But the ones that I do solo on, I definitely practiced a little bit. But it was more of like just kind of discovering that I like that riff and that sound mm-hmm. and whatever um it is. And then just putting that in there and practicing that and getting like them patched together and then boom you know uh-huh. and then there's always those riffs that you find in the soul or in the studio that you listen to later and you're like how the hell did i do that yeah but yeah. i'm gonna keep doing that every single yeah. time because that's that nice. cool yeah. yeah you know and then i've had that before where i have to go back and i have to like learn how i did it mm-hmm. like I, I didn't even know my fingers could do that but you know i'll, I'll try it again <laughs> and then i learned something new <laughs> yeah nice yeah 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 what what about the yeah, I, drums bass improvisation? Yeah, I mean for drums I keep with I have a couple solos and songs. I do mm-hmm. relatively the same thing, but we don't play those that much. The but for the for just for writing it, I love the idea of keeping my drums where they are. Like get, like getting the part down and then once mm-hmm. I have it, I will play it that way forever after that. Hmm. Maybe improvise a little bit of a live show, but I love rehearsing and specifically having to be like mm. in the moment hitting everything that i hit the last time i played it and the time before <laughs> that and the time before that it's an interesting it's exercise in precision challenge yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah i guess with the b it's like um <clears throat> mostly when i'm playing bass it's like i gotta stay in the pocket and so when i leave the pocket it's like okay am i like kind of like giving a little like flavor a little spice to like something zach or jackson's doing there's like in oklahoma Zach takes his solo and there's a part where I kind of do like my own kind of solo with it. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of like saying below Zach the whole time. And then he goes down, I kind of finished off like one line that it's Jackson, yeah, Jackson's so like, you have to keep, we were just fooling around. He's like, you have to do that every time now. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Yeah. But if like, when I'm doing like a solo, it's weird because like, I kind of know, I kind of just like let my like basal instincts kind of take over. I kind of like start just, I, I call it channeling almost. I kind of like drive shotgun. Basal. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> um but it's like just kind of uh it's like i i know like what the, kind of the rules and how the physics and music work you know just what you know these are the sour notes of the key these are not so i'm the key okay it's kind of where i'm at and i kind of like let go and i just like i'm gonna let my hand kind of just roll with it and depending on the kind of song kind of style i can you know i just you know back my brain just like oh, i think i know what i want to do here and i just let it flow out you know and just because like I, I use a guitar wah pedal a lot mm-hmm. on my some of my solos, which you know uh, just gives like the higher end sound a little mm-hmm. a little more fun with it, and just you know, I play the like, little flamenco kind of style stuff and try to be flashy and just show off you know in a certain way. But like same time, you know, it's like it's kind of hard to do like a guitar solo on a bass. 
Right. So it's like, I still have to kind of keep it as a base thing. So it's just kind of like a mesh of here's basically a parameter, like stay within it and just do whatever the hell you want inside of it and bring it back at the end of it. But Steven mm-hmm. will also do a solo on stage with one hand drinking a beer with the other. Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, flashy. Yeah. Yeah. Hey man, style points always count. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. I, I, I'm interested in the the relationship between sort of the free flowing, like you're talking about when, when you're soloing uh, or, or you're, you're accompanying somebody else's solo. Cause I, I have noticed watching your videos and listening that both bass and drums uh, very much follow whoever's soloing in terms of energy and even in terms of pitch. Um, like you'll follow him up uh, and then drums pitch is, it's a little bit more complicated, but you can still do a little bit of pitch stuff on the drums, follow contours of lines and things yeah. like that. But it's, it's, it's a very tight feel and how how rehearsed is that like do you do you guys all know exactly when that's going to happen or do you feel like practicing makes you tight enough that if somebody was taking an improv solo everybody else could kind of feel it and be cohesive with it i think that's practice exactly that like when someone starts you know trailing up the neck a little bit you know they're going to go for it and everybody else kind of locks and sinks in we all kind of yeah we know when someone's going to jump into a big part yeah, and that took yeah. us a bit to get used to. I remember when we didn't really have that, and like you guys would end the solo before I was done with it because you know maybe I wasn't you know showing you that I was going higher, or you guys weren't feeling it, and then finally we just picked it up, and now it yeah. works every time. Yeah, it just happens. Yeah, yeah it's cool because like um, in Victor Wooten's book, you know, for any bass players out there listening, definitely read that book. But um, he talks about like there's a certain thing that bass players can do when guitar players are taking a solo, you know, and it's like when they hit like the peak of the solo, just start pedaling the root note, just start, mm-hmm. just dry it. And like, it gives the guitar player two choices, either to give up or shoot for the moon. And it, and once like they're hitting the peak of that, just bring it down, like whatever key you're in and, you know, to go down the scale and bring it down. It's almost like a whole communication of like, it's an energy output of like, okay, this is it. Or we're peaking. Okay. Now we're going to bring it back in. So the whole band comes in. It's like, as a bass player, I feel like it's like my role to listen to when they're mm-hmm. soloing and kind of, okay, Zach does this when he's like, you know, going up or Zach is like, does these this little signature moves and like same with Jackson. It's like after playing with them for so long, I can just kind of like hear you, hear what they're saying and yeah. be like, okay, you guys are about to go up. Okay. I got you. Let me back you up and I'll, and I'll just shove them up. And then Nate just follows me behind that. Yeah. And we just kind of like give him energy to you know boost them up. And then a lot of the time I'll look back behind me at Nate's dreamy eyes and I tell him <laughs> I'm stopping. <laughs> and Nate slows down. <laughs> we end the solo. It's just like a glance at this point. Yeah, he knows exactly yeah, what. Yeah, I'll, I'll be like looking for it. As soon as you give me the glance, it's like we have two more, two more measures, measures yeah, whatever. And then yeah, we'll drop down into whatever other thing. I just to be at the point where if I had a blindfold on, I could still play, and like anyone listening wouldn't even know the difference. You know, mm-hmm. it's like I, I like to get the point without visual cues. I want to hear like okay, like I feel what you're saying, right? I I can hear what you're doing and. Which takes time, you know. Like we don't we don't practice that specifically. We never were like, okay, guys, let's do let's do some do some drills, you know, let's <laughs> practice around. It's just after a while, just hanging out with yeah. each other, get to know mm-hmm. each other, because you know it's form communication, right? And yeah. if you're not vibing with the band, you know, it's not you're not going to like have that higher level of communication with each other anyway. Mm-hmm. But it's really using musical yeah. space I mean, well. We, I mean, I, it, it's interesting the the role mm-hmm. of drums versus bass versus guitar versus vocals, and and that idea that 
the the base is space is that low end. So when the base is rocking just just the root of the key or the chord in that really low space, it's opening up all of this, but it's also the most intense thing a bass can do. It's like uh, yeah. in in double bass, classical bass solos, the 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 peak is usually when they hit the lowest note rather than the highest note because they can't actually go that high. Yep. So yep. that's, that's that's like the that's power of that instrument. Bass. Versus the yeah, guitar, yeah. the power. Yeah, I was supposed like, to learn that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ripping up high on the neck. Yeah. 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 Those other notes. Yeah. And then what about the what about the lyric work? So th- that that's an area that I uh I, I'm terrible at writing lyrics. I uh I, I studied <laughs> composition and like I got out of school and I was like, oh, I don't know how to write a song. That sucks. (laughs) (laughs) I can put one together. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Um, Lyrics typically, I don't know, I'll just be going through something or thinking of something like, you know, there's an emotional connection to a lot of them. Uh And then I'll just have that on my mind for a couple days or whatever. And I'll be sitting there and some songs I'll sit down and I'll write them all out in one go, you know, Mm -hmm. just boom, tell a story or connect and have it all done. And other times, you know, it'll be three in the morning and I'll verse on that topic will come to my head and I'll write that down and I'll do that over the course of a couple days, a week, however long. And then when I feel like I have enough, I'll patch them all together in the order I like and keep the ones I really like and Mm -hmm. the ones I don't. And then from there, it's just tying it into the song and the structure of the song and figuring out the melody and everything. But Lyrics typically come to me either all at once or in little pieces. Uh-huh. But typically, if it is over little pieces, I'll be thinking about the concept of that song for however long mm-hmm. until um, you know it all comes together. Yeah. Or we all play something, and Zach just comes up with lyrics on the spot, and True. then we play it on a loop over and over until he finds those lyrics that he particularly likes, and mm-hmm. we stick with it, and then there's a song. Sometimes we. We've written a couple of songs in just one practice session. Yeah, I mean, Bond the Sharks was like basically completely improv built. Bond the Sharks. Zach was gone. Jackson's Nate and I and were jamming. I was listening to a bunch of um, Black Sabbath at the yeah. time, and the protests were going on. So there's a lot of like this aggression in it. And, yeah. But in the next practice, like Jackson was like, "Hey, let's do that song we did last time." Like I for, totally forget what we even did. Jackson remembered it, and then Zach and because I was like, "Okay, oh, it's kind of like a protest song in my mind in a way," and Zach immediately just starts spitting out. Like, pro- like the, wow. the lyrics we basically have now, yeah. and just refine them over. I was like, okay, this basic idea, and, now, and then yeah, the Bond the Sharks idea came from me. How I remembered the song it was like this old Nintendo, this old Jaws Nintendo game. Oh, some, for right. some reason, yeah. like, there's a mini game where you bomb sharks, and it's like for some <laughs> reason they're like, oh, let's call it that. It's just like this whole impromptu session of us just spitting around, and all of a sudden now it's on the album. You know, it's like yeah. nice. Our favorite songs too. <laughs> yeah, that's a fun one. Yeah. And the lyrics sort of just just match the tempo of it, the feel, uh-huh. the drive perfectly too. Because yeah, that it's, all yeah, it's some of my favorite lyrics, like of all, of all the songs on the album, all the songs on the album. I really like those too. It's just the concept of the fact that I don't know. Just fuck the system. Yeah, fuck yeah. the system. People <laughs> yeah. agree. And when people go out, they say America sucks or whatever country is sucks that you're living in. It's not the country. Typically, you go to any country, the people there are, yeah, are good. Are awesome right. people. Go to a local dive, and you're going to have a great time wherever you go. Yeah. But yeah. you go to the top. Yeah, it's just greedy assholes that can't get enough gold for their dragon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Looking at you, Jeff Bezos. 
You said that into a mic. Yeah, man. Zach, you should be scared. Oh, oh no. Oh, it's, it's in an AWS database now. Oh, I'm going to go to order something off of Amazon now and just be part of the problem. It's going to be like, it'll go no, nothing but like no. dildos and like. Shepard, what you said, and now you're in trouble. <laughs> Your phone just explodes. <laughs> it's like a bunch of, it's a bunch of dildos and books about depression. You're like, I haven't looked up any of this stuff. What's going on? You're just like, Anyone who descends against Amazon just get the worst, like, yeah. <laughs> negative feedback loop products you could possibly imagine. Well, bomb the sharks, guys. Yeah. Bomb them. Bomb them. Yeah. Do you relate your music to, to like your politics or your societal views? That's also interesting. Sort of bands that sort of specifically ignore that, and music is more about interpersonal connection and fun and celebration. Uh, and then bands that are really focused, like like somebody like System of a Down or something, where it's just like they're ultra politically yeah, right. focused. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't consider us a very political band by uh-huh. any means. Like we're not Rage Against the Machine or anything, where every yeah. song is about that. But we do Rage Against the Machine. We do a yeah, cover, yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, which one? I don't know. I, like my lyrics are "Killing in the Name of yeah. Fun." It's a good crowd pleaser for like the end of a show. It's the end of the night. Like seriously, almost every time we've done it, I just start with the bass line. It's like, you know, once I do the dun, 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 almost every single time someone in the crowd goes, no fucking way! It's it's just like their minds because no one covers it really. Oh yeah, it's great, man. Like, (laughs) yeah. That's fun. Most of it's just personal lyrics. Yeah, most of it's just personal stuff. Yeah, like what three songs in the album about your girlfriend? Um, yeah, three more like seven. <laughs> no, no. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, I'm in love. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote those, but I don't know. It really is just personal, like whatever mm-hmm. I'm going through. Like even when we come up with lyrics on the spot, too, it'll typically come from a place that you know I'm going through. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Oklahoma. Jackson wrote Oklahoma and he sings that song. And you know, what were the your process for the lyrics on that? Yeah, that one I've well it's called Oklahoma and it's about a girl in Oklahoma, and I've never been to Oklahoma, but <laughs> <laughs> the lyrics came uh that was like the most natural uh the most natural way lyrics have ever come to me. I remember we were playing mm-hmm. in our old keyboard is yeah. Our, we had a keyboardist and we were playing in his basement apartment and uh, it was Zach and I were still new to the city and uh, it was just such a a really genuine jam that we were having that it just, I don't know, came to me at that moment and I kind of tapped into uh, some other feelings I had been writing about. Um, remember Never Alone? That's one that we don't play, yeah. but yeah. it was another song that I wrote that I kind of just channeled that into Oklahoma and Oklahoma is more of like a metaphorical hmm. song, even though it sounds literal, but, uh, I think in the future, I don't know. I, I like to try writing my own things mm-hmm. in different ways, but we don't end up playing a lot of them. Cause I started off with acoustic music. And so I have a lot of like Jack Johnson, he's sounding cheesy, hanging <laughs> out in your short shorts on the beach kind of songs. Which we're not, which we don't do. There's but, a lot of problems. That's what you do. What are you talking about? Yeah, which I do. Yeah. <laughs> Gene cut off short. How, how are the beaches in dudes. Denver? That's true. Oh, so beautiful, yeah. man. <laughs> Atlantic's right there. Full of refiners. I guess if you could call like the mud beaches at the reservoir at beach. It's right, it's, right. Yeah, we got all true. those reservoirs. Oh, the, hanging out at the reservoir. That was fun. That yeah, was fun out there. 
yeah, it was fun. I had a great time out there, but not exactly. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Totally um, you can leave, buddy. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. I'm hang out with Rick Ross. <laughs> <laughs> He's a uh, tour bus. Um, what is it? Yeah, me and Jackson being from the mountains, too. Uh, there's some songs that definitely draw on just. I, we both love being up in the mountains and mm-hmm. being out there. And there's a lot of songs that draw on that. Horizon is deep as Tahoe. Yeah, Horizon is blue as deep Tahoe. as Tahoe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Flows just like it's waves. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very yeah. subtle waving. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so the uh, the the relationship between between finding lyrics and 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 sort of sort of painstakingly writing them, I think it's similar to writing music. And uh, it's going back to that improvisation idea. Um, I remember Cecil Taylor, who's like an avant-garde jazz pianist. I don't know if you guys know him, but he would always talk about how music just exists. And if you can kind of tap into it, you can kind of let it come out. And it's it's kind of woo-woo. But um, the, the idea that composition and improvisation aren't actually distinct practices. And they're both sort of about finding something. And if you're trying to find something, in theory, it might already exist. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, we, uh, we have songs that we'll like start to write, and uh-huh. you can hear that there's something there, but you don't know what it is. And then, yeah. and then you, you leave it alone for a month, come back to it, and someone's got this like new idea. And, then we, and it seems like we had to find the song the whole time. Like, like it was waiting for us to discover this part. Mm-hmm. for the song to come together mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like it's like we we have to write it it feels like it existed somewhere and we're finding it through through mm-hmm. you know, learning some new technique that we didn't know a yeah. month prior like the, yeah. with, uh, the pedal steel i i uh, picked up the pedal steel oh guitar. cool yeah um it's not on this album but it definitely will be on the next one i got it in august i believe and i've just been playing it as much as i can and we've definitely had some songs that were kind of in the shadows like that. And then when I came up, when I started playing with the pedal steel, like in my kind, yeah, <clears throat> I believe that was, that was and fade on. Those are two that were, uh, that we didn't really play very much. And then when I had the pedal steel, it just sounded like way too right. I just brought that hmm. amazing element into mm-hmm. it. Awesome. Yeah. 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 The couple old songs like uh honey circle too. Yeah, in 400 years time, mm-hmm. you know, we've got some of the old ones from, you know, Sea Captain from the old band that, uh, that were, you know, they're great songs, but with, we've got just two guitars, bass, and drums all the time for every song. Sometimes they sound a lot alike, especially because Zach writes most right. of them and he's got his yeah. own style. Mm-hmm. So when I throw in a completely different instrument, mm-hmm. it can completely change the song and it just makes it sound that much better. Yeah. And it also kind of drives, um, you know, us to change the, the style of which we right. play. We, we don't get stale if yeah. we start to change up what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's a huge part of it. Yeah, the, or, the orchestration of a, of a, of a four-piece band like yours, it's, it's an interesting um, problem that you just brought up, that when it's the same four or five instruments, if you include voice, or if everybody's singing, same yeah, eight mm-hmm. instruments. But if it's if it's that all the time, it's an interesting problem about how you differentiate songs and ideas. Yeah, and like the way like when it comes to writing music too, typically like when I'm 
writing lyrics or whatever it's like four chords just going you know to kind of get the lyrics out more right. than the music mm-hmm. um, and then i'll bring it the lyrics with that same loose structure to these guys and then they're like well this sounds a lot like this other song <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. we're gonna why don't we try playing it you know this way and maybe in this key and maybe hitting a different like beat or uh melody on there. right and then from there with all of us really working together to flesh it out you know, from what it started at, it, it changes completely. That literally happened last night. You yeah, were doing that song, and I was like, it's kind of is. I, mean, I think Jackson both and I were like, this is kind of like pretty similar to like three other things we have. And yeah, then, definitely. And then all of a sudden it was like, Jack's like, okay, well, let me try doing this. And I was like, oh, that sounds like that Satriani song, the only one I like. <laughs> and it was like, okay, cool. And, it was like, and then we just started kind of like messing with it. And all like, of a sudden, always with you. Yeah, yeah something like that. And then it was like, okay, let's do kind of like what he does. And how's like the slow intro with no drums, mm-hmm. you know, Nate's Building. like, and yeah, and all of a sudden we were jamming on it. 20 minutes and it's like oh it's literally is like went from a four chord zach song to like a four, almost like a completed song yeah uh-huh. but then it's also the problem of sometimes we'll be writing something it's like hey should we do this for a show or blah blah it's like well it doesn't feel like it's like all the way done yet it just feels mm-hmm. like the song still feels like it's a little incomplete and like like one piece yeah it's like, it's like missing something you know and then it'll yeah we have a big board i call it the power board and it's like all of our songs and like there'll be a list of songs we know we rate them based on how well we can play them and then there'll be like three or four songs on the right of it which is like the structure of the of the song broken down and like okay uh-huh. here's first verse second verse here are the chord structures and so we'll have like these like little jams that will just like call it something just to remember it and then it goes into mm-hmm. okay it goes into like the manufacturing stage on those sometimes of okay yeah. let's let's do some stuff mm-hmm. if it has to sometimes it just comes together but if we yeah. have to build upon it mm-hmm. and then eventually that gets into the list and then we erase like oh, i think it's time we can erase the song finally i think we know we got it down and yeah. then we erase it and then eventually when we're kind of bored we'll just oh it's the, let's do that one surf song we're doing you know and yeah yeah just and i think through this process with all the songs they brought before i think we're closing up on like 60 original songs on those at this wow. point so like living my lie we had we've had that for years yeah and we have not found a home for it for those lyrics and then finally recently we came up with uh with zach ended up just putting his guitar down and totally changing the way he sings mm-hmm. and came mm. up Stephen and i came up with riffs and well the riff happened zach was like Stephen, how do you do how do you play psychedelic pop and we're like the cat, i was <laughs> yeah. like uh i just started playing a riff and boom that's it like yeah. that, that's became the song yeah. like off the bat <laughs> like hey mister how do you play psychedelic pop i'll show you I'll kid show you. <laughs> he has a nickel too no fooling <laughs> <laughs> but it was just so funny how i just was like uh i just tried to play like an a la la style kind of song and then like all of a sudden like jack started playing along and now boom there it is and sweet yeah. <laughs> that's really funny how sometimes it just comes together like that and you know the stuff that we put on the side that we work on some of our best songs i feel have come from you know, really working them out and grind, not grinding, but, you know, really sitting down and figuring out what we want to do. Even being able to admit, like, we can't work on this at the moment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Putting it aside for a few months sometimes Mm -hmm. and then coming back to it and being like, you know, what happened with this? And somebody, you know, has been listening to an album by some new artists and they're like this, they do this cool thing on there. I want to try something like that. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly that just blends Boom. into the song perfect and we never would have thought of that before yeah totally. cool it's good to put some stuff on the yeah and nate's really good at being like remember that song we did three months ago we should bring it back up again i was thinking about it <laughs> yeah you have the backlog i'll write those down the board on her uh, yeah yeah you know, we'll have a backlog and i'll be like all right 
I know it sucks, but let's go back. Over here. <laughs> I know it sucks. And, you know, maybe, maybe one. <laughs> We're like, fine, dad. Zach, Zach's just trying to do like, build, like create three more songs before we get the last three down. Mm-hmm. He's always constantly just trying to pump something new out. I'm like, yeah, we like, and Nate's like, we, maybe we should go back on something else we've done before for her. Yeah, before. Let's finish something. Yeah. yeah, we'll, yeah we'll, train's we'll, leaving. We'll, we'll, we'll put it down on the board. But really, man, it's like, we have like four other things. And, that then, we're, and then like an hour later, we're all jamming on it. And I was like, dude, what about this cool thing we could do? Like, yeah. See, if we go back. Over, <laughs> I was right the whole time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> always listen to Nate. <laughs> That's great. So uh, I also had a question about humor in your music because oh, you have the go. banana song on right. <laughs> your website. I'm, I'm really interested in humor in music, um, like uh, especially coming out of like Zappa and stuff like that. And oh, the man, idea that, that that music is also silly, like what what you're doing is inherently silly in some ways, and finding a way to uh, to to address that head on is very interesting to me. If you're not having fun, you know, hang it up. Yeah, what are you doing? First and foremost, like, yeah, true. But yeah, we definitely have a good rapport of, of humor amongst ourselves. We have basically a, a skit. Of, how many skits do we have? Like, we just think we're so stupid funny. skits. Yeah. I think we're so fucking funny. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it really is. Yeah. We'll be in the car on the way to the show, and we came up with this joke of what was it, whistle and toots, and it's like the 1930s. <laughs> Like silent act, like in a movie, and it's like, come see the wonder of whistle and toots, and it's a guy who whistles and a guy who farts into a microphone. We're talking about like, like there's like a documentary, and like Bruce Springsteen yeah. and Cheryl Crow are being interviewed. Oh, yeah, and like I'm inspired by whistle and toots, and then like it's a big moment, you finally see them, and it's just the worst thing you ever saw. <laughs> They started it all. Yeah, it's like it's but it's stuff like like little things like that. Constant. Like we we come up with stupid jokes like that all the time. Like Jackson going on a date and uh, the three of us are in the booth next with all the menus up over our faces and like every time he gets asked a question, he's like, Oh, I gotta go to the bathroom. We all like get up at the same time and go meet him in the bathroom. He comes back out. He's playing it cool and she asks like, another question. So what's oh, your favorite color? Oh, I gotta go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> so, and we'll we'll just do it for hours and hours. Yeah. Just beat these jokes into the ground, it has man. To like, lead into the music yeah. Oh, yeah. Like some of our songs, like we have a song called River, and it's like uh-huh. a surfy kind of mm-hmm. song. And uh, the original lyrics to it, because when we came up with it, uh, we were just farting around. And for some reason, <laughs> we came up with the concept that my wife won't have sex with me. And the original lyrics were like, my wife won't fuck me. And then, and then like, but the song itself was like the music was good. So I was like, okay, well, let's actually sit down and write some decent yeah, lyrics. Yeah, and now like, it's a great song. Yeah, like, the yeah. song is worth saving. Let's change the lyrics. Yeah. yeah. Well, we sang it uh, live in Aspen oh, in a yeah. group of about six guys over the age of 60 weren't really paying attention to us. And once this song started, they all kind of slowly looked over their shoulders and kind of was giving us like a, what the fuck look? And then they left. And I think that we either a reminded them of what, you know, their own adultery or B their own like personal <laughs> life. Like, Oh, last turn happened. And like, they, they, they thought maybe we were like making fun of them directly. Cause it's all about them. Who knows? You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I don't want to yeah, get in the mind of a wealthy person. Never been one, but um <laughs> It, it was just obviously made them uncomfortable. Yeah. Right. It's, and it's just, it's just fun for us. And then we don't try to offend anybody in, we don't have anything no. that I think does offend anybody, but you know, do you enjoy offending people? Sometimes, then 
No, not really. Uh, no, it depends. We like making people, people uncomfortable. Are. I like scaring the public. Yes, I don't like uh-huh. offending people. Pu- okay, punching up. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll punch up. If I could offend Ted Cruz, I'd, I'd be like, "That's yeah. a bucket list check right there." You know I, mean? like, <laughs> I made the guy. I made, I made him feel an emotion. That's good. You know, like that's very the other error day. does not compute. <laughs> oh, but even um, if it isn't Ted, yeah, Cruz, go back to the oh, banana sorry. song. Oh yeah. Oh no, sorry. Uh, well, it, it was say? just on the offending people. The the idea that um, is is it better if your audience is feeling something, even if they're upset with what they're feeling, than if they're bored. It, oh man, that's a that's I mean, a like, yeah, like push pushing ideas is good, yeah. yeah. But I don't know if we can express that. Yeah, well, we're I don't know if we're that good at writing. Maybe yeah. bomb <laughs> like that. That would be one that would kind of. That, that that would push things, but that's not like a funnier song. Yeah, that's true. Well, yeah, my wife won't fuck me. And then there's banana, and then we have one called Three X Wives that oh, yeah. we don't usually play. Uh, the Boo Bear Jamboree. Oh, the, the Boo Bear Jamboree. Jamboree. Yeah, half them is my sisters, half them is my aunts, half them is my, my cousins, cousins. But I ain't, ain't too no good at math. <laughs> <laughs> I may have got the familial lyrics incorrect, but no, you're good. <laughs> in the wrong order, but yeah. yeah. Then we have the medley, which is basically a um. Uh, I was gonna say Donna Henley, but it's completely incorrect. It's a uh, Waylon Jennings. Will and Jennings, yeah, because they're easy to get confused. Um, <laughs> Waylon Jennings uh, song, and then we just start. We keep the same rhythm, and we start. And then all of a sudden, like Zach is like, you know, like starts doing like Gucci Man, Gucci Man, Gucci Man, or like Cold Forty Five, yeah, like, and, and we keep it in, in like a like a unk 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 a bum 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 bum. And the look on people's faces when they realize what I'm singing, yeah, like it takes a second. Wall, and people love it. Wall, <laughs> sweat drops down my ball. Yeah, and like so, we all yeah. go around. I do bad touch um by Bloodhound Gang, and that's always nice. a, I've never except for an old band I was in. Like I've never seen anyone ever cover that song ever. So I was like, I'm, I'm bringing either. that one back. And there, there's times where we're doing that at Breck, and like once that part came on, people started whipping out phones, and like people started singing along, and I was like, I guarantee these people never heard anyone sing this in front of them <laughs> since like '96. <laughs> Like, <laughs> yeah, they saw the Bloodhound game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, especially in that style too. I man, but I don't know if they toured. But you were going to say something about the banana song. You wanted to go back to it. Oh, the, the banana song <laughs> fucking cracks me up. Because what's the problem with plantains? It's one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Nobody wants to eat that shit, man. Nobody don't tell me when, when they that. showed me that song. I was eating plantain chips. <laughs> yeah. I literally had. Dude, like a I fucking love there. plantains. <laughs> no, no, damn it! We're banana guys, all right. <laughs> I can tell, and, that, and that's all there is to it. <laughs> yeah. No more of an explanation. <laughs> well, yeah, no, no, you're uh, right. no, don't have to. They're very star specific. Uh, it's just funny because that song is the one that people are always like, "Man, you got to get the banana song out." You know, people got it's been stuck in my head for two weeks now. You really got to get out there. I'm like, really? That that's the one. <laughs> yes. that's, that's, uh, people love it, man, and. It, it's yeah. just funny because, like, especially when you're playing in front of a crowd that people, you know, you don't know, and you whip that out. By the end, everybody's singing along to it. But at the beginning, they're like, what the fuck? Is well, going speaking on? of whipping out, when we played in the studio, Zach takes his clothes off. Yeah. Because, you know, you gotta capture funny. the essence. I, I just think it's funny to slowly strip. strip. Into yeah, he has his clothes. Yeah. He would always just slowly start stripping when we're practicing. And he's like, we're recording. Like, we should, should, should do that in the studio. And like, we're recording. I'm like, yeah, you have to because it, it captures the essence. So I have a video of Zach with his pants around his ankles and his shirt off and doing like, yeah. Uh, you, you don't complete the the de- 
disrobing. You keep the pants around the ankles. Well, okay. the fact that there was a grown man staring at me intently from behind the mix. <laughs> I don't, I don't see boxers. what we're grown men asking with boxers on. Yeah. Uh, wait, oh, yeah, boxers on. I was a boxer's head. Yeah, yeah. Wink, wink. yeah. but you know, <laughs> enough. And so if you listen to the banana song, you hear him kind of laughing too. He's like, you in me in with the banana all night long. And like, it just kind of like, it comes out and we're like, should we redo it? Like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. It's a, it's a and now when he sings it normally, anyway. it doesn't sound right. Like, <laughs> Is it on the new album? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, oh, no, it's oh, a hidden track. Oh, it's hidden. Oh, my God. You'll <laughs> oh, have shit. to look. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. And then when we played in the public park, we played that song. Hmm. And I said, this one's for the kids. And then he stripped. <laughs> oh, oh my god! Oh, any law enforcement officers? There's a reason they left California. Came here. <laughs> no, I, Zach can get an apartment where he has taxes neighbors he can move in. <laughs> no, we, we were playing that song, and I was like, "This one's for the kids." And all the kids in the park ran up to the front, like, "Well, I'm not going to swear at all these kids." So I was like, changing the lyrics nice. on the fly. To yeah, try for, and make for it people work. who haven't heard it, it yeah. goes, "Get the fuck out of here with your plantains." Yeah. Nobody and I'm like, get on out of here with your plantains. Nobody wants to eat that stuff. <laughs> nice. So I remember yeah. like looking at Zach and looking at the kids and looking at Zach and looking at the kids and being like, ah, uh, <laughs> I think it'd be hilarious to scream up cities about but then, children. But then but. at the end of the show, it was probably like not 10 o'clock or so. Like it was definitely yeah. later, and there were still kids there. And I was and we were gonna do killing in the name, mm-hmm. and I was like uh, all right, kids, cover your ears because I thought they were all gone. And then again, they <laughs> ran up to the front of the stage, and I was like, you know what? If you're parents and you still have your kids here yeah. after that started, that's on you. And I'm sitting there just yelling, "Fuck you! I won't do it!" <laughs> and they're like, "Yeah!" yeah. 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 Like, yeah. It's funny because I was like, they're all millennial parents, you know, because it's all yeah. been uh, like on Tennyson, so it's like that's like the millennial area, basically. Mm. You know, everyone like their mid. 30s yeah, kids, like right? So I'm like, famous. they all know who this is. Everyone knows this song. There's no way he grew up in the 90s at any point without hearing yeah. this song. Like, there's so how old are no these kids? Way like, <laughs> oh, they're, they're like six, four and below. Eight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're already having problems yeah, right? with their parents. Like, Ten and under. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're like leaving their parents to just like vibe to rage against the machine. Timmy, come back. Yeah. Fuck you, mom. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I have a, I have a music student whose uh, parents are a little too supportive of his rebellion, so it kind of makes his rebellion not fun. Not rebellion. Oh, oh what? Yeah. Shut up, Dad. Stop helping me with my Molotov. He's like uh, <laughs> Kevin Kevin Nealon in Weeds. He's like, what do you do? Is he stick it in the man? He's like, hell yeah. He's like, all right, son. Keep going. Or, or <laughs> yeah. right. I can't remember the line exactly, but uh, yeah. he just like, because he is the, the adults. Yeah. Yeah. Are you sticking to the old people? <laughs> yeah. Keep sticking to the old people, kid. Like, I love it, dude. It's just one of those... I'm the authority now. Oh, how do I tell my kids to, I used to love Rage Against the Machine. What do I do now? How do I, yeah. so the George Carlin conundrum. <laughs> I still do love Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. Uh, so is there, is there anything else you, you want anybody to know about new album, your band or anything like that? Um, Jackson's single. Um, yeah, <laughs> Jackson is single. Yeah. All right, I want, I want everyone out of the world to know that. Thank you, Steve. Yeah, I got you, homie. Yeah. If uh, anyone in Georgia hears this, we're playing the Georgia Mushroom Fest, first uh, and second of May. Oh, cool. Yeah, we'll be out there. Yeah, then we'll be in Virginia 
in my old stomping grounds in Roanoke on May 6th. It's all it's all on our oh, yeah, it's all, page on yeah. old 40 band. Yeah, go to the website. Oh, yeah. We have a website. Yeah. We have a website. All 40 band.com. Yeah. Links there, they'll all be in the description. You can Thanks. all oh, find so all this funny. stuff. <laughs> um, you uh guess, do you guys want to try playing something? See what happens? Yeah, sure. Let's yeah. do it. <clears throat> Why not? I'll say, are we technically working on our second album now? I guess. Are we yeah, yeah, stay new for our second album whenever that is. Let's do one a year. Can you hear it? You got some, some tasty licks. There. Uh, piano? Oh, is, that, is that a flat job you got there? What kind of, what kind of Les Paul is that? Uh, no, it's just body. a studio. Is that a heart behind you, by the way? A heart? A harp. Yeah, it's harp? a harp. My wife is what? a harpist. Oh, what? Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> that's tight. Yeah. All right. Let me just make sure this is recording. So uh, we can we can really do do whatever we can just try and play around until we find something. If if you if you guys want to set down a groove, if that if it feels better on your end, go for it. Okay. Yeah. If we cool. set down a groove and you can play over it, if you like. What were sure. you playing right there, Steve? What? what was that? Were you just playing? No, that was, that was me. me. Thank you. 
Kind of, it kind of worked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> better than I thought it would. Yeah. yeah, definitely with the Zoom latency thing. I was like, I'm really interested to see how it's going to be jamming, but yeah. it sounded pretty good. Yeah, I, I kind of like the way it works. If one side sets down a uh, a groove and the other side plays as if they think they're locked into it, because then you get a whole new rhythmic world that you never, you have no idea what it's going right. to sound like, but yeah. it's slightly yeah. off, but it's it's kind of cool. It, it always ends up being issue. cooler than I think it'll be. Yeah, lately it's never been an issue with this, like a friend of mine a long time ago was trying to work the market on how I got to make a jamming 
networks so way so people can play over the internet i'm like man it's gonna be a long time come the internet's gotta upgrade first but <laughs> yeah everybody needs fiber <laughs> i know it's like like i appreciate the idea man but man that'd be great because like you were saying twitch and discord they're pretty low latency. yeah discord i think is the lowest latency chat program out there um but unless you throw the video on i'm gonna drop right. it down to gotcha. but discord's yeah, right. great for that there there are uh there are some open source uncompressed super low latency audio programs that exist but they don't have interfaces you have to run them through the terminal but um, mm-hmm. a professor at UC San Diego created them a few years ago, and I've tried a few con- a few concerts. Uh, I did one between Irvine and San Diego, and then uh-huh. one between Irvine and Zurich and uh, Jakarta, maybe. That's oh, wow. cool. Nice. Yeah, it, it works. It's just really, really hard to use. So. Right. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. Here's your here's your uh, come on, Elon software. Musk. Let's go, man. Yep. <laughs> here's your software. Here's the 500 page manual. Yep. Uh, <laughs> if you don't read it, it will not work. You also need <laughs> appropriate hardware, but it's not an interface, like you said so already. Like, yep. Man. And you have to be on like a fiber optic network. I mean, the whole thing. It's, right. Uh, oh yeah. Home <laughs> networks don't work. Yeah. Gotcha. Damn. I'm yeah. out. Yeah, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Cool. Well, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for doing this. Hey, thanks for having. Yeah, thanks for having us. This is awesome. Yeah, I, yeah. It, it was it was fun to get to know your music over the last couple of weeks, listening to to what you guys have done. I'm excited about the new album. What's it? it what's it called? Uh, to spite it all. To spite it all. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not the number two. <laughs> and not despite it all. <laughs> um, yeah. Do you have a Facebook page or anything? We can like when when you come out with the podcast, we can. Post yes. it on our Facebook yep. too. So yeah, yeah. I, I saw your guys' social media. I'll I'll like everything so that we can coordinate. I'll pr- I'll probably have it out in hopefully late this week, if not early next week, depending on okay. the the awesome. editing process. And then what I usually do is I'll usually clip out some segments as promos and send them out. Oh, cool. and then yeah, I'll, cl- I'll clip out the jam separately so that people can. We can, we can definitely set up some info okay. on our merch table too for our show. Our oh, cool. Album release on Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. So okay, I think, cool. Link, link people up so when they come up, they can see that hey, we got podcast with you. So, funnel some, oh, yeah, yeah, nice. Some Denver people, <laughs> Denverites, Denverodians, Denverites, Denverites, Denverites. What it is, Denverites, yeah, yeah. Oh. That's what the Westward says, and apparently, that's that's uh, that, that's Denver word. law, like, well, whatever comes up the Westward, yeah, now it's law, yeah. You can't, <laughs> if you try to say something else, you're gonna get arrested, so. yeah, <laughs> god damn. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, the, the police need a reason to kick down your door and they can't do it for weed anymore so they gotta segue <laughs> they gotta find something else. Yeah. i'll be damned if we can't get it <laughs> we bought all this tactical equipment damn it yeah there's not much crime going on they're really bored <laughs> first they legalize pot then they decriminalize mushrooms how are we gonna get into people's houses <laughs> <laughs> the hippies won <laughs> oh man well, thanks again, man. Yeah, really, yeah thank cool. you so much. It's been so, so much fun. Everybody, if uh, check out their tour dates. If you are in a city they're going to, go out and see them and be on the lookout for the new album. It's Old 40. Thanks so much, guys. All right. Thanks for listening or watching. Remember to check out Old 40's new album dropping on March 4th called To Spite It All. And in the meantime, be sure to listen to their EP Moonshine, available on Spotify and other streaming services. 
And remember to like, leave a comment, and subscribe to my channels. And if you would like to consider supporting my content generally, please visit my Patreon page. Bye! Thank <laughs> you.